I am Pastor Lori. I'm excited to see you all this morning. I want to welcome you to week three of the series that we have been in called Undone, uh, where we've been using the central metaphor of the Japanese art form kintsugi to look at what it means to be undone and remade. So if you aren't familiar with kintsugi and you haven't been here the last couple weeks, we're going to show you a couple of pictures of what it looks like. But it is essentially, it means taking the pieces of an object, like a bowl or a plate or a cup that has been broken and repairing it. But not just repairing it. It's putting it back together and then painting the cracks, the points of reconnection with a lacquer that's dusted or mixed with uh, powdered gold or silver or platinum. Now, the point of this art form is to actually highlight the brokenness as part of the object's beauty so that you see that object differently than you did before it was broken. It treats both, both the breaking as well as the repairing as part of the history and maybe more importantly, I would say, as part of the value of the object, rather than something that should be hidden or disguised and not, not, a, not noticed. Now, if you were here last week, you heard Pastor Mike tell us that this practice of kintsugi has been a great metaphor for us because it's actually a great metaphor for the story of God's people. It reminds us of the gospel message the good news, which is that death is followed by resurrection and new life. It reminds us to look throughout God's story and see where he has taken broken things and transformed them and made them beautiful. Broken things, broken people. Pastor Mike, remind us of the critical piece of, of, that we often overlook in our own transformation and that's the remembering. I love the way he said this. He said, the problem isn't the breaking, it's the amnesia. The forgetting the story of who we are. The story includes the breaking as well as the remaking. To remember our brokenness is to remember our healing. To remember our brokenness is to remember God's grace. So if you don't remember the brokenness, how, how is your memory of your healing? Or how valuable is God's grace? So it's not just about being broken and then being remade. We have to continue to remember. Now, I want to pull up another one of the pictures again, Matt. Um, over time, it's easy. It would be easy for us to look at this piece of art, to look at this bowl and say, well, that's how that thing was created, or that's how it always was. But we have to remember its brokenness because that's the way to remember the significance of being put back together and remade. It's part of the beauty of the object. It's part of our beauty as well. So we touched on this last week, but 2019, if you remember, not that long ago, was a, was a pretty tough year in the relatively short life of our church. It was an emotionally and physically and spiritually challenging season for me personally, and I know it was for many of you as well. 
And I know that it was for our church as a whole. We saw over the course of the past year, some major organizational changes take place from the very top down. And those changes were mostly unexpected by us as the leaders of this church. So the staff and the leaders spent a lot of last year feeling a little unsure about the ground beneath us. Now, we absolutely trusted that there was a way forward, but that road looked a little bit like a road that has been washed out by a hurricane. Fellow Floridians, you know what I'm saying here, right? I grew up in the Florida Keys, and I moved to Tallahassee about, about two years before Hurricane Andrew went through South Florida. I don't know how many of you remember that, but I remember the first time that I drove home after that hurricane hit. Up to that point, I would have said, I would have sworn to you that I could drive, make the drive from here to there in my sleep. I knew it like the back of my hand, but as I got closer to home, nothing looked familiar. The roads didn't look familiar. The buildings were gone. The very landscape had changed. And a lot of the things that used to mark my way home, used to mark that trail for me, were just gone. I knew that I was headed south, so I knew I was headed in the right direction, but it was still very disorienting and very unsettling. It made me feel unsure, unsure of what I would see next. To some degree, that's what it felt like for much of 2019 here at E3. We knew the general direction that we were pointed, but the landscape had definitely changed. And some of the familiar Pillars that seemed to be so certain for 15 years, all of a sudden were just gone. And that caused me and probably some of you to ask some questions about how I look at church, how I look at community, how I look at things like love and grace, how I look at things like brokenness and healing. Back in 2004, when we started E3, we started with a very clear vision of who we would be, a very clear mission of what we would be about. We, were, we had picture or crystal clear clarity on both of those things. We knew that our expression of church in Tallahassee, our style of worship and teaching, the way our space looked, the fact that we had tables and that we had coffee, um, that wasn't gonna be everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> And we were okay with that, our, our cup of coffee. <laughs> but we did know that it would be a place for some people to call home. And it pretty quickly became a place where people who had had trouble previously, feeling safe and loved and wanted in other parts of their world, it became a place for them to find what they were looking for, community. We were just a group of broken people, each carrying a varying degree of messiness, who were trying to learn how to acknowledge our own brokenness. We were a group of people who were trying to follow Jesus in the very most authentic way that we knew how, in the most intentional way that we knew how, and to bring others along with us. And we were in awe of what God was doing in the middle of all of that. 
Now, as I look, past, look back over the past almost 16 years, I can see that a lot of things have changed, like we've talked about. Our location has changed. We started out over on Mahan across from Costco. I don't know if all of you know that or not, but we moved here in January of 2013. First of all, if you've been here for that long, can you guys believe it's been seven years? I had to look up that date. I, I, I can't either. Our space itself has changed significantly. We started out over on Mahan in a converted uh, restaurant that the seating capacity was way less than 200, which caused us to have to do four gatherings at one time in our history. Yeah, you can imagine. Oof, Lordy, still recovering. <laughs> our E3 kids space at that time, we used felt sheets of felt that created the walls, the partitions to separate it into classrooms. I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to see this space that we have now or that we're going to have soon, but you should check it out. It's way better than felt walls. We already talked about some of the faces that have changed, but not just the staff. Would it surprise you to know, if you weren't here back then, that across those four gatherings, that I would say about half of our congregation were actually made up of college-aged people. That's how we've changed significantly over the years. Yes, our ages have changed. I don't think you need any more comments about that. You don't need to make them. I don't need to hear them. But I want to tell you about a couple of things that I know that have stayed the same. We are still very much a community of broken people who are being mended in many, many ways. We are still a community who is trying to follow Jesus the very best way we know how. That's at the heart of who we are. Yes, we are still falling short in some ways, but we are still being astounded by the work that God is doing in this place, this little part of his big kingdom. When we started E3, our vision was to be a place where faith, authenticity, and emerging culture meet. You probably have heard us say that over the years. In fact, that's where our name Element 3 actually came from. In the early stages of starting this church, we decided that it was critical for people to know who we are and what we believed, that they, it needed to be crystal clear of the things that were absolutely critical to us, our faith in Jesus Christ, our authenticity, meaning that we would be a real place for real people. You did not need to be fixed before you came here, and emerging culture, we felt strongly that it was important to have a place where you wouldn't have to leave the 21st century to investigate the claims of Christ, that we would find modern ways to teach ancient truth. Our stated mission when we started was to make, mature, and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ. That's it. Make, mature, and mobilize. We believe that we needed to be about the business of inviting people into a true relationship with Christ, helping them grow as followers of Christ, and then sending them out into the world to share God's love with others. Now, out into the world might mean to Uganda, it might mean to Walmart. Everybody needs Jesus. <laughs> it's pretty simple, it was pretty straightforward. I tell you, all of this about our history because I want you to have a good understanding of who we were for the first 15 years of our life. Because I want to spend the next several minutes telling you what I believe that God is calling us to be in this next season. 
who he is calling us to be. Now, I said a moment ago that our original vision for E3 was to be a place where faith, authenticity, and emerging culture meet. In our ownership seminar, one of the, we, we talk about our mission, our vision, and our values. And when we talk about our vision, we describe it as it essentially means what is our preferred future. So I want you to remember that phrase. That's what I mean when I'm talking about our vision. What is our preferred future? And it is intended to paint a picture of what, would look, what it would look like if we accomplish our mission. We still believe that's part of the vision that God has given to E3. Now, I want to pause here and just tell you, earlier this week I had to go to my eye doctor's appointment, which uh, is fine. Everybody, I have to do it. I've worn contacts since I was 16 years old, and they will not renew my prescription, as they shouldn't, unless I go every year for a checkup, right? I mean, that's good, probably good practice as the doctor. That's, that's probably a good practice for them to have. Now, over the, I said I've had contacts since I was 16, so... Over those couple of years, however long that has been, my vision, <laughs> thank you for not just, just you know, whooping and hollering um, and laughter, uh, my eyesight has actually not changed that drastically over all of those years, um, but when I made this appointment, I knew that it was different. I knew I could tell whether I was wearing my glasses or my contacts, that my vision had gotten worse and it had definitely gotten harder to, to see clearly. So I was not surprised, but definitely frustrated when my eye doctor confirmed that my vision had absolutely changed. It had definitely gotten worse and I needed to update my prescription. I say that because I kind of feel like that's what we've been doing with E3's vision over the past year or two. And especially over the past several months. We've been taking a hard look at what we think God is saying is our preferred future. And we truly believe that our preferred future is to be a community that looks a lot like the church that was described in, in the scripture that Connor read and that Pastor Mike talked about last week from Acts 2. I want us to look at this scripture again together. This is from Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The first disciples or followers of Jesus were living out their faith publicly. They were living a committed community life. And because of their faith and their love for each other, people were drawn into that. More importantly, people were drawn into this message of hope that this Jesus was the risen Messiah. So, uh, over the past couple of years, we've taken E3's original vision statement and updated it, adjusted it slightly to just clearly include what we see described in Acts 2. And I want to show you what that vision is. E3's vision 
is that we will be an irresistible community of radically transformed disciples, dwelling at the intersection of deep faith, authentic community, and emerging culture. I want to leave that up there for just a moment. Does anybody get excited when they read that? There you go. Now's the time to whoop and holler. E3's vision is to be an irresistible community. Not because we're special in some unique way, but because we're willing to be used by God to love people. And because we're committed to working hard to make people feel safe, not necessarily comfortable, but safe. We are committed to doing our best to make sure people feel loved in this place. Committed community life. And that may sound simple, but it has been my experience in all of my years, particularly in ministry, that it isn't always easy. Our vision, our preferred future, is to be an irresistible community of radically transformed disciples. We're not talking about small life change here. We're talking about being a place that recognizes that there isn't one of us that is yet at the full likeness of Christ. So none of us are exempt from the journey of radical transformation. I don't care how old you are or how long you've been on this journey. There is more to be done. We have a tendency to think that our pursuit is just for the wisdom. That it's just to get to know God more. And that is certainly a part of it. That's awesome. The wisdom is important, but the wisdom isn't the everything. Author Barbara Brown Taylor says it this way, in an age of information overload, the last thing any of us needs is more information about God. We need the practice of incarnation by which God saves the lives of those whose intellectual ascent has turned them dry as dust who have run frighteningly low on the bread of life, who are dying to know more God in their bodies, not more about God, more God. Our radical transformation includes action. Now, make no mistake of what I'm saying here. God is the one who does the transformation. I want to be clear about that. But our part is to be open and willing to the transformation open to the changing. It might include stepping out of our comfort zone and opening up our homes and sharing our lives with people in a growth group. Holding each other accountable, encouraging each other, caring for each other. It might mean having really tough conversations with each other, pushing and pulling each other towards growth and maybe even disagreeing, but disagreeing with respect and love. It includes things like serving together, serving together alongside each other, but it also includes serving each other, putting others' needs ahead of our own. It includes caring for the poor or loving those who we may have otherwise deemed unlovable. Part of the reason that this is considered radical transformation is this is not what the world would encourage us to do. This is not the product that they're selling. 
The world is more likely inclined to tell you to buy whatever it's selling and believe whatever it's telling you. The world is more likely to tell you to worry about yourself because nobody else will. But we believe E3 should be a community of people who are willing to surrender everything in our lives. Our time, our gifts, our talents, our financial resources, our intellect, our energy, our creativity, to surrender all of it to be on this full-on pursuit of growing towards the likeness of Christ. In Matthew 9, when the Pharisees asked Jesus why he was eating with the tax collectors and the other sinners, Jesus said this, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. What does that tell you about who we are and who we have to acknowledge that we are? We're in need of radical transformation. That's who our Jesus is for. We will be a place here where people acknowledge their sickness, their brokenness, and their need for grace and mercy. Where we commit to God's journey of healing and transformation. We will commit to being open to the process of being remade. And doing that, we will be an irresistible community of radically transformed disciples who do dwell at the intersection of deep faith, authentic community, and emerging culture. That's the community that I want to be a part of. And to tell you the truth, I believe it's the community that I already am a part of. You want to know how I know that's true? A couple of weeks ago, I asked the staff to send out a survey. They sent this survey to the staff and Wise Council and to owners and to people who are currently involved in growth groups. And I asked them, I called it the five words project. I asked them to do me this one favor. That was to submit through a form five words that represent what E3 means to them currently. This image shows you the responses that we got. Now, if you're not familiar with the word cloud, let me tell you how it's set up. The words that are the biggest means that they were submitted by more than one person, by multiple people. So the larger a word is, the more responses of that we got. Are there any of those words that stand out to you? Are there words that you would have submitted to say what E3 means to you? Centered on God, community, love, growth, acceptance, safe, family, authenticity, and grace. This image reminds me that this place matters to people. This is how people feel about this E3 community. This is the current state of affairs at E3. And I believe when people submit these words that it gives us a picture too of what people are looking for in their lives right now. It represents the things that they want but aren't actually finding someplace else. I believe that when someone says that it's important to them to feel community, that there's something that they're, that's, that's what they're looking for. That's what they need. If they're saying they want to feel safe, maybe it means they don't feel safe in another part of their life. 
and they are pursuing it. They're looking for it. If they say this place represents grace to them, it might be because they understand their own need for grace. And it matters to them that they're a part of a place that will show it, will live it out. In Rachel Held Evans' book, Searching for Sunday, she writes, church isn't static. It's not a building or a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Church is a moment in time when the kingdom of God draws near, when a meal, a story, a song, an apology, and even a failure is made holy by the presence of Jesus among and within us. That's who we want to be as a church, a place where the kingdom of God draws near, where in and through our community, everything, everything, including our brokenness, is made holy by the presence of Jesus among us and within us. So as we sit here at the beginning of a new year, at the beginning of a new decade even, and as you are reviewing your goals and, uh, for 2020 and deciding what you want to accomplish, or maybe you're trying to decide who you want to become, I just want to ask you, is this something that you want to be a part of? Are you in? Is E3 the place that you feel like God is calling you to be in community? to be in pursuit of your own radical transformation and then to help others too. And what does that even look like for you? There is a next step. Maybe your next step is to be a part of a growth group like Connor talked about in the video. Maybe it's to, to consider opening your home and hosting a growth group. Maybe it's to serve. Maybe it's to sign up to stand at the door and greet people or to make coffee. Maybe it's to come to the worship arts interest meeting next Sunday. Maybe it's to sign up to give blood next Sunday. Maybe it's finding out what the process is to become an owner of this place. It's putting your name on the dotted line with the other hundred plus people who have said, we're about doing what God is doing here in this place. Maybe it's as simple as or as hard as evaluating where you're at with trusting God with your finances. That's a big one for people. Because people put their money towards the things that they believe in, the things that they're passionate about. What is your next step in radical transformation? What I want for us, what I want for E3, is that irresistible community of radical transformation. And I believe it's what God wants for us. In March, just a couple months from now, we're going to celebrate our 16th birthday. And when I realized that, two thoughts came to me. Yeah, that makes sense. We've definitely been experiencing some troublesome adolescent years recently. <laughs> the other thing that occurred to me is, whoa, at least for this season, I've been given the keys to drive this car. I was quickly quickly, very grateful that I'm not the only one who is driving this thing. We are blessed at E3 to have an amazing staff and wise council who are committed to making this a safe place of growth for you, for you to continue your, continue your discipleship journey, 
We're committed to making this a safe place for that radical transformation that we talk about, that transformation that God is already doing in your life and the lives of your families and your friends that you will invite here. We are committed to making sure that this place acknowledges its own brokenness. All of the places that we have been undone personally as well as organizationally. But we will also be a place that acknowledges all of the places that we as individuals and as a community are being remade. We will be committed to celebrating radical transformation and resurrection stories, celebrating new life. Yeah, I know in some ways we've been undone, but we are also being remade. And I know another thing too, we're not done. In the first week of this series, we invited you to pick up a piece of broken pottery and to hold on to it and to bring it back this week. Through the generosity of an artist in our community, Mike told you last week that we're going to create what we call an artifact from this series, but we're gonna create an art piece that will display the broken pieces that you brought back as a reminder not only of our brokenness, but also of our remaking. And we're gonna proudly put it on display for everyone who comes here to see. On the broken piece that we encourage each of you to take, we asked you to consider what's the place that God is, trying, is asking you to become undone? What's the way he wants you to become undone and remade this year? And to write that word on the broken piece before you bring it back. We're gonna bring those pieces up shortly, uh, but before we do that, and if you didn't get a chance to get a, to get a piece, we'll also give you that opportunity. But before we move to that, I want to share with you about the word that I wrote on my piece. I wrote the word fear. After reflecting over this past year and after praying through my goals for the year, it is for the last few years, God has given me a word that he wants me to focus on for the year. The word that God that I believe God gave me was to be brave. By, tr- by that bravery, is, it comes from me trusting who he is. Trusting that he has it. He has this. He has all of this. He had all of last year, and he surely has all of this year too. I believe that he's given me a very special role to play in this season But part of my brokenness is fear and insecurity. It always has been. And fear has a tendency to be very paralyzing. So I have to release my fear and my insecurities in order to be brave. My fear needs to come undone. I have to trust that he is for me, that he loves me, that he loves E3 even more than I do. And when I get that, when I really trust that, then I'm able to be brave. It occurred to me this morning that I'd be telling you about my fear and insecurities on the very weekend that we honor the legacy of an incredibly brave man, Dr. Martin Luther King. 
I've never read anything about him that said he, he didn't face fear going into the places that he was called to go. But he set that fear aside because God had given him work to do and he trusted the one who would go with him. Now my journey is nothing like what Dr. King was called to do. But I will tell you this, the thing that's the same is I do have fear, but I will go forward because I know the one that goes with me. I found this quote and I posted it on social media earlier this week. How bold one gets when one is sure of being loved. You know where my insecurity comes from? Feeling like I'm not loved. Feeling like I'm not worthy of love. When I know that I'm loved, I can be bold and brave. When we're sure of being loved, we can come overcome our fear collectively. We can be brave enough to be open to radical transformation. We can be brave enough to say, I want to be remade. So fear is the place that I want to be undone and remade this year. What's your word? I'm going to invite Pastor Mike to come up as we move into this time of not only bringing forward our pieces, but of also another very special time of remembering and reflection, communion. Communion. 